0: Hi I'm Jez Ralph
1: and I'm Kath Giles.
0: Welcome to the Tree Radicals podcast, an inquiry into the future for trees, forests and humans.
1: Join us along with experts, innovators and thinkers as we consider what positive action for these life-giving systems might look like.
0: The Tree Radicals podcast is brought to you by Woodland Presents with Timber Strategies
1: and is one strand of the Tree Radicals inquiry.
0: Marlene, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'm really excited about being able to interview someone that is involved in timber research and especially hardwood research and someone young and enthusiastic in the sector. So perhaps to start with, could you just tell us a bit about where you've come from, what you're doing?
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me, first of all. (laughs) And yes, I studied wood technology. I always say wood technology. The full name of my degree program in Germany was process engineering and natural material technology. And then I specialized in wood and fiber material technology. So I know a lot about wood, you could say. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I decided to go a bit more into research. somehow crystallized in my degree within my degree I always did internships in research and it was good fun so now I'm at Napier and uh, doing more research into wood properties and how to find out about wood properties without destroying wood
0: <laughs> why wood well what, what what was the interest initially in um... Going for that of all the materials you could have picked.
1: Yeah, that's a, that was more or less a coincidence. I, I just I stuck with wood somehow. People tend to like wood, and for me it was the same. So I didn't plan to specialize in this direction. I wanted to go into like bioengineering, biomedical science, and at the point where we had to specialize in the degree, I just tried both wood and biomedical stuff, and somehow just that the wood side was more tangible, even though I, I don't really work with wood. I don't use saws or anything. <laughs> I don't ever touch wood basically, but still it's, it's something that you can imagine. It's something, yeah, something, I don't
0: know. <laughs> and you're going to be starting a PhD hopefully soon Possibly yes. next March. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is hoped to be?
1: So I really hope to start this PhD in March and it will be about the properties of UK grown hardwoods because relatively little is known about their properties and it will be focused on enabling the structural use of these hardwoods and to to use these timbers in construction you need to know some properties. And this is mainly strength, stiffness, and density. And normally these, these properties are uh, the result of grading. And grading only works for, for species, well-established species, because it depends on the species, but it also depends on the forestry practic- practices. And so uh, it depends on the origin of the timber. So for basically every, origin and species, you need to have a big data set that you can test and so establish the properties of the timber and how to predict these properties. And we want to find different approaches because if you wanted to do this for a different hardwood species in the UK, you would probably need to test just all of this timber and we can't really do that.
0: <laughs> but as we've been growing timber and hardwoods, especially for thousands of years in the UK, um and you kind of think we know all about these properties already is it is it that we just don't know about them or that we or that new technologies are allowing us to know more about them
1: uh, i'm not entirely sure because i'm not from the uk i only just started one year ago to uh, look into uk woods at all uh, but i think really we don't know much about them um, a because the properties change with the forest management. and The forest management changed, but also just because back in the day when we used to use hardwoods uh, to for construction, we just did it. We didn't people people didn't really measure things that we measure now. Like maybe they did some kind of visual grading, and we still do that. But uh, it was. I, I guess it was just less sophisticated, or also, I mean, what we are doing now is not really sophisticated either, especially in visual grading. But nowadays, you just need to be more careful because, you know, as a designer, as an architect, you need to just guarantee that these buildings won't collapse. And then, of course, also our our uh, buildings are just we are building six-story buildings in timber. You you kind of want to make sure. Did you put uh, timber inside that can actually carry that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess um, one way of looking at it is we were, we, we've used a very craft-based approach until now. Mm-hmm. Test it, see if it works, if it falls down, build another one, uh, oversizing things. but
1: Yes, exactly. Back then, the uh, timber buildings have just been very different. The beams were the size of, I don't know, basically the whole stem. If you put enough material, you can basically use any timber anyway. And now we we are using material much more efficiently, which of course is great. Um, but you also have more restrictions in the timber that you can use. Or people think that, or, you know, to some extent, people only think that you have much more restrictions and that UK timber might not be usable.
0: what it is yeah this whole efficiency thing is really interesting um there seems to be a desperate shortage of timber at the moment on the global market and prices are shooting up massively Mm -hmm. i mean do do we need to use timber more efficiently and better take a more science engineering approach to how we use it do you think?
1: Absolutely. We need to use timber more efficiently. We we won't have enough. We, we don't have enough at the moment and uh, Timber Trade Federation, they say it's not a short term trend. We won't have enough in the years to come. And um, some projections say that definitely in, to, in 2050, we won't have enough timber to build our houses. if. Um, The development um, continues like this, that more houses are built in timber, but of course, timber is also used for for other applications. For example, the UK imports 7.8 million tons of biomass pellets every year. And uh, I don't know exactly how much, but I think more than half of hardwood timber goes directly into biomass energy production in the UK. uh, What is harvested here? So we, we do have a very wasteful approach to timber use at the moment. And um, yeah, we, it will not be enough in the future. It isn't, it's not necessarily en- enough now. Um, also in the UK, we have always imported more, more timber than we have even grown. And at the moment, 80% of timber that we use in the UK is imported. So you can't really say that uh, we are self-sufficient. We will never be. Uh, Sorry. I (laughs) know. I forgot where I was going with
0: this. That's a great Uh, answer. Do you you think, I mean, it's interesting, is it? it, It's a concern for me, certainly, but I'm sort of way past even mid-career and you're a young... (laughs) Person just starting out on a career, possibly in research and in timber is do you think it's a is it a real concern for you and your generation that there might be material shortages?
1: Material shortages in general, sure, but people who tend to think about timber as renewable, so we can just use it as much as possible, or some people tend to think that way, maybe lay people don't think we need to use it as much as possible because they don't think about like carbon storage in buildings or things like this but there's certainly more of a approach that is growing it's always there so why would we use it more efficiently but uh, in other materials surely we have have, i see this trend in my proximity my peers
0: do you think we need to do anything about that? I mean, the, there's a disparity, it seems, between what we know within our industry and research and what the public think about trees and timber. Should we, be? is it important for the public to know?
1: Yes, in some ways, surely. Um, they should absolutely know that timber is not an infinite material or, or other natural materials. They, they are not infinite. Like, uh... You, you see these tendencies that people buy um, biodegradable plastic products and they think it's okay because it's biodegradable, so who cares, I, I'll just get it. But still, even in renewable materials, even in uh, environmentally friendly materials, it's still reduce, reuse, recycle, it's still a priority. And... Uh, yeah, definitely we, we need to bring this idea into people's heads, but in other areas I would say that people actually have the right ideas. Because for example, if you ask uh, people what they would like to see in forest, they they say, Oh yeah, I like to see uh, different different trees, different uh, I like it to be a habitat, I like to not see these monocultures of only sitka spruce. People people know that they're There needs to be a balance and the same with woods. If you ask them which timbers are valuable, they're like, of course, it's hardwoods, it's oaks and it's uh, chestnut. Maybe they don't think so much about softwood, but the industry thinks a lot about softwood and knows that this is valuable. While people think that hardwoods are valuable, but we just burn these hardwoods. So some of the ideas present uh, in the the population is the ideas that I that I have, and uh, so they know about it more than maybe the industry and other ideas we definitely need to bring into their
0: yeah. heads. So, yeah, that brings me on to another question. I think that your, your PhD, you're going to look at timber properties of hardwoods. Now, there's one way of saying we should grow quality timber for construction. But you said at the beginning of the interview, you were very interested in biomedical type of approaches. And so there's a multitude of ways we can use timber Um, and maybe plastic substitution is one of them. Do we need to grow quality timber or could (laughs) we just pulp it and use it?
1: Uh, We are growing quality timber, even though people tend not to see it in that way. We are growing the C16 spruce, and people really like to rather use higher quality, and I'm making air quotations here, uh, C24 spruce from from Europe, because it has the higher numbers, the higher design values attached to it. But uh, the same is probably or very likely true for hardwoods. We are growing quality timber. You can use these woods for different applications. And even if you can only use 30% of it in structural use or you want to only use 30% of structural use. The rest can definitely definitely have different uses uh, apart from only biomass use. And the, the ultimate goal or the perfect timber value chain or t- value circle would be a kind of cascading use where you have different use stages. When the timber comes out of the building, you can still make laminated products from it, make particle boards that are, Uh, other products that can be used again in buildings. You can make windows from reclaimed wood. And afterwards, you can always chip it. You can make these plastic products that you mentioned. You can uh, use the cellulose or you can use the the chips for energy recovery. But uh, yeah, the goal would be just to use it more efficiently also in a circular economy sense that you don't use it only once.
0: And I guess, I mean, as a Forester, when I look at it, look in a forest, and I see trees growing, I make a very visual assessment of whether they're good or bad quality, if they're straight or if they're knotty or anything. But I suppose there's another way of looking at it: is 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 in what we can't see because it's inside the tree or even inside the cell structure. I mean, do do we need to take a deeper look at what we think of as quality in a tree?
1: Hmm. No. That's hard to say. I guess. Huh. I I think we shouldn't get into too much detail here. If we if we really want to look at a cell structure and so on, <laughs> it's just getting too complicated. We we don't really understand what is causing the the quality, let's say, of the tree, of the wood.
0: But, no, we, but I suppose because it, are we as foresters or even timber users as being too simplistic about what we think of as quality in a tree. Could, could a tree that we think of as being poor quality, because it's not straight, actually provide of course, good of quality course. timber? If
1: you, if you ask an artist who wants to make a, a bowl out of olive wood, they do, are not looking for a straight grain, they are not looking for uh, a knot-free piece of wood, and. Uh, Quality can mean very different things for very different people. And I'm sure that um, there would be people who could make beautiful furniture out of a tree that we would maybe discard for structural use.
0: <laughs> so you're, you're about to enter, or you are in a world of engineering and timber, um, something that's, I think, probably fair to say, very male-dominated world. Or is that not fair so, to so. say in your?
1: I think um, in my degree we had one third of the females, and now at the university, <laughs> let me think. I haven't been there for a year now, so I would say nearly half of us in the team might be women, or a third of us are a woman. Don't feel it's very male dominated, uh, but it might be my sheltered university world where the timber industry is <laughs> seems equal.
0: So do you? I mean, do you think diversity is an issue then, or not an issue anymore? In... No,
1: diversity is always an issue, and if it's not a male-female ratio, then uh, you can get diversity from from many other sources and. Uh, diversity in, uh, in our field, it might really be the, the background because this is such an intersection between topics. I learned about wood processing machinery basically and about wood properties. I learned nothing about trees in my field. So uh, I need to be more in touch with the forestry side of things. I need to learn much more about this. And uh, on the other hand of the, of the chain, there's then Builders, timber, timber housing manufacturers, or um, product manufacturers, and we need to, yeah, bring all this diversity of backgrounds into the conversation.
0: Well, yeah, and it's important, isn't it? I mean, sorry, if
1: we were going more about other, uh, yeah, diversity aspects. I think uh, besides gender, of course, also cultural backgrounds might be super important.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean. But that that whole idea of bringing other professions in is is really interesting. I mean, do you, do you think that's an issue? Do we? How do we integrate professions that use timber into the forest more? And it's kind of interesting to ask that question because you perceive yourself as someone who's not integrated into forestry, particularly, but I think you probably are more than you know.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I'm forced to learn at least some things, and of course it's great. But yeah, we should definitely start at the uh, at the curricula, and uh, not only university, but also apprenticeships. Uh, at least uh, there should be some kind of conversation between the different sectors. But it's it's hard to implement. I haven't really thought about it, but um, I think. If I think more about the uh, utopic future in my head, I see okay, I see very much the, the building and construction side of the of things, but I, I see businesses with uh, where the, the value chain is more integrated. It starts out with the forestry and it goes over sawmilling to offsite construction facilities where everything is basically one operation so that you can have um, growing strategies where, where you know exactly how much timber you will get in the in the next year but uh, or in the next 10 years. And uh, if then something happens, let's say there's a storms or some timber is killed by pests, uh, some, some wood, how do you say timber is killed? No, you don't. <laughs> some trees are killed by pests, um, then you, you can react to it because you have all the operations present you you have the sawmill, you have the grading so that you know which pieces of timber have which properties instead of maybe a batch that has maybe certain properties um, you can then deliver it to the to the offsite construction uh, facility and you can put the pieces strategically into the house because if you know okay this would is juvenile wood because it was killed uh, that the uh, forest was killed by beetles. we had to harvest it early it might not have the properties that we see in in uh, in older timber so you put it into the building or into the building product strategically where it doesn't take big loads so. Um, <laughs> so.
0: So it's about creating efficiency. I mean, that's really interesting.
1: It's all about (laughs) creating efficiency in my
0: mind. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and the whole disease issue is quite interesting to think about as well, as more and more diseases impact on our resources. But I guess that's potentially something to delve into a bit deeper later at some (laughs) other point. Um, You did your degree in Germany. I did. And you've moved to the UK do a PhD. Do you see any major differences in how we approach our natural resources?
1: I wouldn't know. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> or
0: even or even in research, I mean, presumably there's a place to do timber properties research on hardwoods in Germany.
1: I think so. It, in Germany, the wood the research has a long tradition. We found out a lot about our. Wood properties already. I, I can't say with certainty that we have all these grading procedures established for all the species, but um, yeah, I, I really don't know much about the German timber value chain.
0: Yeah, do you think? I mean, sort of, sort of reaching towards the the end of our the questions I've got for you. I think I suppose the the big question is is. Um, do you think we should be optimistic about yes. the future or pessimistic <laughs> <Always>. <laughs>
1: um i guess we have to be optimistic uh, but um also we have to we have to not be too optimistic we still need to work on it obviously and we need to we need to work a lot on it but uh, if we if we lose our optimism then i think we will just Stop working for the greater good. I think <laughs> for me, it's always uh, the better approach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, your your work is taking on some really big issues in the movement of timber from forest to uh to to hopefully construction.
1: My work is only a very small part in this. It's more my yeah, ideology and my YouTube. Yeah, that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, the very big picture.
0: <laughs> oh, no pressure, but I think it's a really important and interesting piece of work.
1: Yes, my work uh, will just hopefully bring some hardwoods into more use.
0: The, the, this is funny question asking from one generation to another almost. but. Do you think our grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to be thankful for what we did or disappointed in what we've done to our natural resources?
1: <laughs> Both. I am. I, I feel the same of, of what we are doing now. Of course, you see a positive development, and on the other hand, you see that so, so much is going wrong. So... Uh, our, our grandchildren will see the bigger picture and hopefully we'll see that our efforts made a difference.
0: What, w- what would you say to someone at school asking, should should they go into timber and timber engineering?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, so timber is a very exciting material, not only because it's uh, regrowing, uh, but also because it, it gives people... Uh, a nice feeling (laughs) people love timber and people love to have timber in their houses and no timber timber is an amazing material um
0: do you do you you think it's the material of the future or do you think it'll just always be part of a palette of materials
1: no absolutely there needs to be different different solutions we need to Uh, pull on different strings at the same time always. So we can't say this is the the one solution. Of course, there's timber, but you can't use timber for everything. We will always have non-renewable materials, but we also have uh, other great materials, for example, bamboo and more tropical regions. Bamboo is an amazing material and it is not wood, it is a grass. So (laughs) we we need to think uh, in a broad palette and we also need to Uh, develop more solutions all the time
0: Marlene it's it's been really interesting talking to you and it is fantastic to talk to a young researcher who's that enthusiastic about the subject I mean hopefully at some point when you've started your PhD perhaps we can get back together and uh, see, see where the work is going
1: We'll be engaging with many more inspiring people, ideas and tree-based practices through the full Tree Radicals Inquiry. Check out the details on our website where you can apply now. See the link in the bio.